0: The second lesson comes from Romans 8, verses 1 through 11. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to deal with sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the just requirement of the law might be filled in us who walk in not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the Things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And for those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. Since the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of the sin, the Spirit is life because of the righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead, will give, you, give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. Amen.
1: The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables saying, listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. That is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root but endures only for a while. And when trouble and persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word, understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, to O Christ. Christ. Let me see. Okay, we have the children's... Uh, oh, great, you're going to join me. Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't sure for a minute. Thank you. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Okay. So in that lesson I just read, well, let me offer a prayer. Gracious God, as we gather here to listen, to hear, and to understand, guide us in this moment together. In Jesus' name, amen. So in that lesson, the words start out with sowing, the sower goes out. And when you hear the word sower, do you do you think of what do you think of with the word sower? I'm putting on the spot, I know, but you probably well, probably I think you probably thought sower like um, I thought, it, at probably at your age, and even that the, you know you could see sower as the one that's sewing a button on a coat. It's spelled differently, but so, you know, a lot of you are sowing. Um, but this is about the sower going out, and I know you know this, scattering the seed everywhere. So the, the abundance of the seed is going everywhere. And one of the themes, uh, the, the central theme, and you'll hear it again in the, the sermon, the central theme is the, uh, that God sows God's love and grace everywhere. On good soil, on difficult soil in difficult places but everywhere god sows it to all people and some receive it and bear as you heard fruit and others might turn the other way so we as members of this congregation and christians trying to be become good soil what i wanted to give you today is a a few seeds this one is a so a pumpkin seed now Just to take a minute, um, we had that Sunday of the blessing of the seed and soil. That was great. Now, this is about the last few days to plant a pumpkin seed. Did you plant any pumpkins? Well, you could, these seeds should grow. It's not too late. And if you plant them, sow them, or prepare good soil, I'm not, and um, if you do sow them, just make sure they're covered a little bit, they get water, they like sun, there's going to be a vine grow, there's many people that could explain this better than me here, there'll be a vine growing, you're going to see a beautiful yellow blossom, it will get pollinated, and an amazing pumpkin will grow now, um, if all goes well. So if the pumpkin grows, or if the pumpkin doesn't grow, I would hope this little packet of seeds would remind us all that God's love is sown everywhere, always. Amen. So thank you for coming up. I appreciate that. To come up alone is not easy. (laughs) Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, may the words that are spoken and how we listen be guided by the Holy Spirit and true to the Holy Gospel that we may grow into becoming good soil. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We will sing a hymn after this sermon, which really is our prayer today. Lord, let my heart be good soil. Open. the seed of your word how fertile is the soil of our hearts how prepared to receive God with us in our hearts today are we coming to church takes some preparation hopefully a good night's sleep and and some time of prayer and preparation to be here and our Hearts are good soil. That's what we're working toward. In our backyard we have a worm farm. Maybe you know about worm farming because many of you have a farming background and many of you are still farming. So I'm not telling you something you don't know about a worm farm, but I'm going to tell you about my little worm farm um, because it might be different from yours. About 15 years ago, maybe even longer, I was at a farmer's market, and a man was selling worm farms. As you get to know me, you're going to know that I am an easy sell. (laughs) Or you could say gullible, or you could say, wow, I want that. (laughs) Oh, boy. So, my dear wife was not along, but well, I listened. I went over and, and the, that, what, we, what he eventually did sell me consisted of three worm bins, plastic boxes with the top opened and the bottom holes so the worms can go in between those three different boxes. That's really important. It included a stand to put those boxes on with a little faucet to open at times and let the water out. There will be water in there sometimes, and that water is worm tea, and it is amazingly fertile to water your plants, so there's no loss in in this investment. This was a good investment. (laughs) Um, He uh, gave me some, uh, some, uh, to start out, he gave me some uh, paper shredded, some sawdust, actually some uh, coffee grounds and some, you'd be surprised, some cardboard. And then he sold me the center of the whole thing, 20 red wiggler worms. Red wigglers, you're all knowing this, red wigglers are red and they're smaller than earthworms, but red wigglers are the best worms for composting, at least in this way. So I took it all home, and again I had that bedding, and he said, go ahead and place them in there, with uh, things he had given me, and he said, and then start to add household leftovers. This is what is so amazing. Crushed eggshells, uncooked fruits and vegetables, starchy food like bread, coffee, grounds, oatmeal, they love oatmeal, Who you don't cook it, but just they love oatmeal, and the bedding material, shredded paper, cardboard, and even waste like grass clippings. Don't ever put citrus in there. That's not good. We don't put meat or poultry or fish in there either. And those red wiggler worms eat the waste. They eat what we throw out. They take it in and digest it and they make, as you know, good soil. Those original 20 worms and their children have composted so much good soil for us over these many, many years. And it is truly a miracle to see what they're doing. From humble worms and a bin filled with leftovers, rich soil to give new life. The worm farm is a place of life and growth from what was dead, is dead, and thrown out. God brings forth life in places where people often see only death or darkness or something to be thrown away. The children of Israel in Isaiah 40 to 55 they saw death in every direction. They were in exile and captivity in Babylon. They were not at home. How bad was it? Well Psalm 137 verse 1 says the people lamented by the rivers of the Babylon, there that we sat down, there we wept when we remembered Zion, our homeland. In Romans 8, Paul looks at life and sees the weakness of human flesh and the reality of temptation. And then in the parable of the sower, three quarters of the places where the seeds are sown are inhospitable to flourishing life. Three-quarters of the places where the seed is sown cannot sustain life. It's not good soil. Three-quarters of the places. We could call this parable the generous sower. We could call it the extravagant sower. The seed is generously, extravagantly sown everywhere and grows best in good soil. One message of the parable is that God is like this generous sower. God sows grace everywhere to all people, to those ready to receive and to those not ready to receive, and it will still be sown to those who even reject it. The sowing goes on by God everywhere, freely to everyone, no matter what they do with it. That's an amazing gift of grace. Again in Isaiah 55, God says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. But it shall accomplish that which I purpose, that succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Rocky soil, hot sun, thorns, cannot destroy God's word and purpose people's resistance, rejection, war, violence, division cannot stop God's word ever or anywhere. And all these lessons point to God bringing forth in good soil life, but also bringing forth life in places we may not expect and among people we may judge as not such good soil in Isaiah 55 God renews the covenant with Israel instead of a thorn shall come the cypress instead of a briar will come the myrtle so those cut off those in captivity Those who are far from home and seeing death all around them, they will be brought home by God. But do you see the place where this new promise is born is not in beauty, it's in captivity and in tears by the rivers of Babylon, far from home. This new life is being brought forth from people cut off in a rocky soil of exile, far from their homes. That captivity became a place of new life and a promise and of growth in their faith. And God brought them home from exile to new life. In Romans, Paul reflects on God bringing forth life for all from the suffering, sacrificial death of Jesus. Crucified, dead, buried, laid in a tomb that was sealed, Risen from the dead, bringing new life. Out of a tomb, coming new life. Each Sunday is a little Easter for us. God has and continues to overcome rocks and scorching heat, thorns and closed hearts and minds to bring life to the world. To set us and all people free. To share the sacrificial love of God, the generous grace that God gives with each other and with all people, just like you did yesterday, that we heard about people coming for both clothing and food. What a gift of grace, something that other people would put away is a gift of wondrous love for those in need. CNN has been having a series of interviews with a Ukrainian soldier. I'm not sure if you've been seeing it or able to see it. I've really only seen two of them. But in the one that I did saw at the end of the interview, this young man in his military uniform, a Ukrainian soldier, a young man, he said to the person interviewing him, I saw the sunrise today. And it was beautiful. That sunrise gives me hope. That sunrise gives us all hope. Now I go back to the fighting. God's grace in a place of death and destruction and violence and invasion we all know should stop. But even there, the young man, the soldier, the Ukrainian, saw promise and hope. One level of the parable of the sower and the seeds also addresses our lives from the perspective of our own spiritual journey, asking the question really, well, how is it with your soul? I know we say to each other, how are you? Oh, fine, great. Not many times will we say, I'm pretty bad today. These lessons, this lesson is asking more than how are you, it's asking how is it in your heart and soul? Asking the question, are you like the path where the birds eat the seed? Are you rocky ground with shallow soil, no roots, scorched by the sun and heat? Are you the ground crowded with thorns that choke the young plants or are you good soil where growth can flourish and a harvest can be gathered I would say of that Ukrainian soldier that the nature of his spiritual life is that he indeed is good soil because in the midst of what was around him and what is going on there even now he could still see God Or at least have hope. And at least not give up. In our lives, in our spiritual journeys, in our awareness of the Holy Spirit, we are going to go through all of those stages of what kind of ground are we. It's going to happen to us all. Some days we'll be rocky soil. Some days we're going to be um, like the past. Some days we're going to be where the thorns are just choking us. And there are days we are, oh, that excellent soil. I can see it in your midst. Even in this time of transition, you continue to work together, bearing fruit, being good soil. So how is our faith? We pray, Lord, let our hearts be good soil, open to the seed of your word. In the parable and explanation, Jesus outlines some steps to becoming good or better soil. Three steps. The three steps, I think you know them. They are to listen, they are to hear, and the third step is to understand. Listen, hear, understand. In our Bible study, in your daily devotions, listen, hear, and understand. in our daily life, in our worship, in service to others, in relationships with others, in relationships with strangers and all people, in relationship with God, in relationship to the earth, listen, hear, and understand. To become better soil. To listen, is to give our total attention to another person or to God or to the earth with our ears and hearts and minds listening is an act of humility it's like bowing down attending closely to what is being said and focused and open to receive what is being said Listening is paying attention to this moment, not drifting away, not drifting to lunch, not drifting, but staying here in the present moment. All of that is listening. Secondly, to hear is different. To hear is different. It's deeper. To hear is to perceive with the heart, spirit, and mind what is said. It's to take that message in. It's to allow the message to have an impact actually on our life. To actually have an impact on our life. Hearing is to be renewed and reformed and changed. Hearing in the sense of those worms taking what I put in the bin in and digesting it. That's what hearing is. Digesting the Word. Letting it be in us. Remember Jeremiah eating the word, the scroll, and Ezekiel, and it was sweet to the taste. That's hearing. To ruminate. And to let that word be digested. And then thirdly is to understand. Understand. That is to allow the meaning of what we hear then to form us, to strengthen us, to deepen our faith so that we act for the good and the well-being of all people and of the whole of this garden. To understand is to yield the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's good soil. And that's what good soil yields. So in the worm farm, I'll go home and feed them later today. I should have brought one of those worms. Maybe I will sometime. I don't know. You love them. (laughs) Okay, in a worm farm, let's wrap it up. Those wiggly Red worms take what is waste and thrown out, and they make good soil where life can prosper. They take what is thrown out and digest it and produce good soil. In a sense, their whole lives are about grace, aren't they? Taking the waste, digesting it, and making good soil a gift of grace. That's their whole life. In a small way, well, I know I have learned from those humble words an awful lot. They remind me to reach out to the fringes, to reach out to what's pushed aside, to reach out to what may appear undervalued or people that are overlooked or to reach out to those who some may judge as not good soil, my word. Everybody has the potential to be that good soil. And in that continuing reaching out to share the grace of God with them and each other and all people. So that the Holy Spirit, speaking through all creation, will make fertile the hearts of those who listen, hear, receive. And will even make fertile soil in the hearts and minds of those who won't listen and won't receive. Yes, the Holy Spirit will not be stopped to become good soil where, there, where people can grow and live yielding a harvest of grace, of mercy, of love a harvest of inclusion, a harvest of seeing a sunrise in the midst of a war as a sign of hope and of God's determination to give life and love to all people and to his whole creation that he that God dearly loves. Amen. The blessing of Almighty God, Creator, Savior, and Advocate be with each of you. Amen.